Hey there, I'm Stephanie Shaw. Welcome to the Hello Hot Flash podcast, where midlife women can learn from guest experts and authors who discuss menopause and all that comes with this new chapter in our lives. Hello Hot Flash, where we learn to control the change and not let the change control us. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. I am so excited to be here with my guest today, Dr. Tracy Potter. Tracy, thank you so much for being with us today. It is my pleasure. Yeah, so I'll do a formal introduction and then we'll get into the meat of things. Uh, Dr. Tracy, PhD, is founder of InnerGeniusHealth.com. She describes herself as a functional health anxiety detective because she helps professionals overwhelmed by anxiety to find and fix the hidden causes using science-backed natural solutions. Dr. Tracy received her PhD from UC Berkeley, where she participated in a joint program with UCSF Medical School. Dr. Tracy, again, I'm so excited for this conversation. There is so much information that listeners need to know in order to better improve their health. And we get anxious because there is so much out there. So that's actually what we're going to talk about today. Talk about hormones, talk about anxiety, and the things that we can do to make sure that folks are living their best life. So why don't we start by you telling us about yourself? Well, I am the daughter of a psychiatrist (laughs) and um, I grew up helping my dad in his office and he would take me with him to do rounds and see patients. And so I really grew up behind the scenes of psychiatry. And I always thought of people who had mental health issues as like those people like, oh, and I felt bad for them, but I saw them as other than me. And the narrative at the time was that anxiety, along with every other mental health condition, is caused by a genetic chemical imbalance. And you need to manage your condition by staying on medications the rest of your life. And then, of course, you could go to talk therapy or something like that. But that was like the formula, right? And um, when I was 19, I had my first panic attack and I became one of them. <laughs> and and um, it was very humbling. My terror, was, it was such bad anxiety that I had. And it just didn't, it started like one panic attack, but then it just wouldn't go away. The, the, just the sheer level of anxiety. I was just miserable. It was like the worst pain ever, worse than any other so-called physical pain. And it is physical pain, by the way. And just for me intuitively, like just, I guess like just saying, okay, I'm genetically defective and I have to be on medications the rest of my life. That felt like a life sentence that I wasn't willing to accept as my reality. Mm -hmm. And so I kept searching for something else. I eventually ended up actually on accident. I lost 50 pounds just moving to Spain back then. They were probably a lot healthier than they maybe now, but they're probably still a lot healthier than we are. But anyway, I accidentally lost 50 pounds. I was like, how can you accidentally lose 50 pounds? I literally didn't realize I'd lost 50 pounds until like my friends pointed out that my clothes were hanging off of me. Anyway, I started realizing we have a cultural problem. It's not just like, why if I go live in another culture, does my body change, right? And I was actually an anthropology major and I ended up doing a doctorate in anthropology, which actually a specific branch of anthropology called medical anthropology. And one of the things I was fascinated, well, there are two things I was fascinated with. One is the politics of science and medicine. I just realized how much politics and money and financial motivation, but governs, you know, medicine, you know, and, and I'd had a little bit of an kind of Pollyanna view on things growing up with my dad. Like I didn't really realize the behind the scenes of the politics and the bureaucracy. And, and I just started really, we did a lot of deep diving at UCSF on like how research is funded and how studies can be shaped to get the outcomes 
that are desired by whatever entity is funding the research. And I started realizing how little science is truly independent, true science. It's like, we're going to follow the data and make it as, you know, there's no such thing as an unbiased human, but just doing your best you know, to find the truth. Right. And so the second thing, and this really is close to my heart, Stephanie, is I was really concerned about the impact of industrialization on indigenous people. And one of the things that we know is that they weren't having all the dental decay and the heart disease and the mental illness and the obesity and the diabetes and that, and even their menopause wasn't miserable, you know? (laughs) And till they start living like we do, and they started eating and thinking and doing all the, getting exposed to the toxic chemicals and, you know, overusing antibiotics and all this stuff. And then suddenly they're having the same issues we are. What does that tell us? This narrative that anxiety or other mental illness or like all these medical conditions are just some kind of genetic defect, some genetic chemical imbalance. By the way, all illnesses are chemical imbalances because we're made of chemicals. So diabetes, insulin is a chemical, like leptin and you know glucose, those are all chemicals. So yeah, okay, they're all chemical imbalances. But the narrative that this is so much about your individual genetics and not about something larger needs to go away. And yes, individual fixed genes that we cannot change play an important role. I'm not going to say they don't, but they create tendencies. They don't determine your reality. Mm -hmm. There are very few illnesses that are purely genetic, like cystic fibrosis. And we're also more microbial than human. We have as many microbe cells as human cells or more, and we get more genetic information from the microbes in and on and all inside of us than we do from our own human cells, our own human DNA. And what I realized as an anthropologist, and I still, i just want to shout it from the rooftops is that anxiety is a natural response to an unnatural environment because we, and I say this over and over again, we have normalized a culture that tries to override nature instead of working with its vast intelligence. Mm-hmm. And that's why my business is called Inner Genius Health, because that's what your inner genius is the genius of nature that's in your cells, your microbes, your DNA. And it's what you can harness to heal when you work with instead of against it. So why is anxiety, and you may have just answered that, but why is it so prevalent perimenopausal women? That's such a good question because one of the things I noticed when I started, because I used to be a generalist, right? Mm -hmm. And so I worked with people with all kinds of stuff. Like I think a lot of us have, you know, like the gut issues, autoimmune issues, the weird, mysterious things like, you know, mast cell and, you know, mold and Lyme and all that stuff. And, you know, and I still work with those people, but you know, cause they come to me for anxiety. One of the things I noticed is that people come to me to lose weight or to like balance their hormones or to whatever the thing was. And then when we would get those things resolved, they were like, my anxiety has gone. My depression's gone. I'm happier than I was in my twenties. Like I, you know, I'm flowing through life. Like this is amazing. This is the happiest I've ever been in my life. You know? And that's what I was like, yeah, of course. And I had experienced that too, myself personally in my own healing journey. And I realized, oh yeah. Like when I changed my lifestyle and opt- I start stop focusing on just the symptom because anxiety is not a disorder. It's a, it's a symptom. Mm-hmm. When I stopped focusing on the symptom, like, you know, I want to look like a bikini model and I want to fix the symptom. And I started focusing on just my health and like restoring health. That's when my mental health issues resolve. 
Yeah. And not when I was trying to just take things to numb the symptoms and make, uh, to tell my body to shut up, I started actually doing the things my body was using anxiety to get my attention to change. Like anxiety is something it's like you have your allostatic load is a term for like, I call it your bucket of tolerance. Like there's like only so much your poor sweet body can handle before your bucket starts spilling over. Things start breaking down. Your body starts falling apart. And anxiety is sometimes one of the first signals that your bucket is filling up and you need nurture or that there's some hidden medical issue going on. And what happens by midlife is that, by the way, like just naturally, when I started niching in anxiety and I started really focusing on anxiety and messaging anxiety, who right. showed up the most, not everybody, but mm-hmm. like 70% of the people that showed up were perimenopausal or recently postmenopausal women. Wow. That's who showed up. That's mm-hmm. who was like, I have anxiety. And, you know, and it's just like, you're going through these hormone changes mm-hmm. that if your bucket is already spilling over, it's not going to be a pretty ride folks. And you may be experiencing that right now. And it's okay because, you know, you can reverse engineer this, right? It's important to know that you're not like, oh, well, you know, this is just my lot in life, but yeah, there are major hormonal changes that are happening. That drop in estrogen, it's a big deal. Drop If you don't have enough progesterone, it's a big deal. If you have too many of the bad kinds of estrogen, like the xenoestrogens, you know, that are the dangerous ones. Hmm. And by the way, this myth that just estrogen causes cancer, there's so much science that has debunked this. Estrogen is not bad. It does not cause cancer, like the kind your body makes. Now there are environmental estrogens that increase risk right? Of all kinds of disease, but that's because they're toxins. They're not your natural, normal estrogen. And cancer cells are really smart because they try to mimic the tissues around them. So they create hormone receptors for, so if it's cancer in breast tissue, it's going to create hormone receptors for estrogen, but that's just cancer trying to hide from your immune system. It's playing hide and seek. It's, you know, it's not because the estrogen, it's like thinking that the smoke alarm caused the fire. When we're talking about, you talked about perimenopausal women and how that's the majority of folks that are coming to you. What are some of those triggers that we should be looking for? Like what potential triggers for anxiety during perimenopause and how can we identify those? Right. It's complex. That's why people think there's no solution because the solution has layers to it. It's like a combination lock. You can't just get one number right. Right. And you can't put the numbers in the wrong order or it won't open. It doesn't mean you can't open that lock. It just means you need to know the combination, right? And so I've come up with a a proven system that works really well. That's like cracks the code. I call it cracking your anxiety code. I call it nature's anxiety code because nature's using anxiety like a smoke alarm to get your attention so you can take care of yourself. I mean, men do it too, but man, women, we're just so trained to put ourselves last what ends up happening is I'm going to back up the truck just a smidgy bit before we start getting overtly perimenopausal. We're like getting, we're probably getting away with a lot. We're like, you know, probably sleeping not so well, staying up late on our um, devices. And then maybe if we're entrepreneurs, we're like catching up on work. And then and if, you know, you have spouse, kids, whatever, even if you're single, like, you know, you're probably like just burning the candle at both ends, probably not eating so well. And you're probably getting up in the morning and having coffee so you can get energy going, which by the way, I'm going to tell you something, please don't hate me. Coffee doesn't give you energy. It steals energy from your future self. It's like living off a credit card. It puts you in debt. 
And we're going to, we can circle back to things like this in a minute. I'm going to put a pin in that. And then, you know, we get meals. Sometimes we skip breakfast and, you know, often wake up and we'll, we'll just call that intermittent fasting. Maybe I'll lose weight. And then, you know, we, we don't eat so well. We put ourselves last. We're just kind of getting slogging through the day. End of the day, we're like, I need a drink. And then here comes the alcohol, which is a depressant and it causes inflammation in your brain. It hurts your liver. Your liver affects your hormones. Your brain affects your hormones. Da, 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 da you know, we may or may not be exercising. We may be over-exercising. Then there's the thoughts in our head, like you're too fat. You're not pretty enough. You're like, blah, 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 whatever. You have to be perfect and you should do this and you shouldn't do this. And you start shitting all over yourself. And, you know, what do you think this is doing to your poor, sweet body? You're getting pushed and pulled and ignored and neglected and then criticized when you don't feel good. And then like, come on, if you were a body, what would you say? You would be anxious too, Maybe a little depressed too, right? And so then there's that, that doesn't even begin to talk about trauma. Mm-hmm. Like the trauma we grew up with, like 70%, according to the ACEs study, like 70% of people were the walking wounded, had enough trauma to impact your long-term health because like that stress, not feeling safe creates anxiety. You cannot mm-hmm. feel safe because of trauma. You cannot feel safe because you're not getting enough. We don't have enough water. You're not hydrated. You cannot feel safe because you're not nourished with the right foods. You cannot feel safe because you're not getting rest. You cannot feel safe because you're not in healthy relationships. There are millions of reasons your body cannot feel safe and that will trigger anxiety. So what do you think happens? You're already like this. This is happening already. Mm-hmm. And then you start losing estrogen, which is crucial for mental health. You start, maybe your progesterone probably starts dropping sooner. Like you may need progesterone before you need estrogen. Progesterone is like this hormone that makes you, it's like a diuretic. It's like an antidepressant. It's like an anti-anxiety medication. It helps you feel calm. It helps you sleep. It helps you not be tired and bloated. It helps protect you against all kinds of cancers, reproductive cancers. Like it's like a, I call it like wonder woman. Like it's like (laughs) a superhero hormone and estrogen has been unfairly demonized. You know, in 2002, there's this women's health initiative study that came out in the, came out in the media. The study was ended early because people on hormone replacement therapy had an increased incidence of reproductive cancers, of dementia, of stroke, of, you know, blah, 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 blah. And they had to stop the study. Well, I want everyone who still hasn't been debunked. (laughs) Like, I want you to read a book called Estrogen Matters. Now you can also go find all this information in other resources, but this is just a really good one-stop shopping for, you know, I vetted this information. It's solid. Estrogen Matters. It's written by an MD and a PhD man and a woman who basically just dismantle the whole argument that estrogen even causes cancer because it's not true. People who have lower levels of estrogen are at higher risk of cancer. It's, it doesn't work. It's like, it's not real. And also, if you go look at the study, one of the men who like was behind this study, he actually had an agenda to disprove the validity of hormone replacement therapy. When the decision was made to stop the study, the top researchers and the top statisticians were locked out of the room. The press release was made without the, like the lead researchers were cut out. Like it, this is not science. This was a, a maneuver that someone was making to launch their career and get attention. And mm-hmm. it wasn't even some pharmaceutical company conspiracy. It was individual ego. And it's sad because there's mountains of research showing that women 
who have healthier levels of estrogen, progesterone, who have more hormonal balance, have better bone density, less risk of cardiovascular disease, longer lives, and are actually less likely to die from estrogenic cancers than women who are suffering the pain of not having their hormones in the right balance. Now, there are women who are super healthy, who glide through menopause, you know, and really feel fine, not on hormone replacement therapy, maybe eat things that have plant estrogens in them and stuff like that. And like, feel fine, you know, and don't need hormone replacement therapy. But in this culture, because of history of eating history of trauma, history of toxic exposure, maybe some other toxic exposure, you know, toxins really wreak havoc on our hormones, poor nutrition, like blood sugar imbalances, all kinds of stuff. They mess up our hormones, heavy metals, metal fillings, like all kinds of things mess up our hormones. And so some women need hormone replacement therapy to not feel like you're going insane, you know, not just as you're going through menopause, but even long after. And when I think back, like, I literally want to cry when I think back on all the women since 2002 who are denied care because of one fallacious study that like, wasn't even real. Like it was just gotten the media, gotten people's heads. And it was so confusing that just out of fear, everybody stopped, which I understand. But all these women went through and they've had no sex with their spouse. I feel bad for their their partners who also aren't getting their sexual needs met and are expected to be in monogamous relationships with no sex. And, you know, and their hair is thinning, they're overweight and they hurt all over and they're not sleeping. And it's just like, just feeling like horrible, like having low energy, being depressed, being severely anxious, insomnia, insomnia, insomnia. And then that builds the stress that builds the anxiety and it loops in on itself. It creates all these weird cravings. And so I'm not saying hormone replacement therapy is like, just go get that. And then you're not going to have anxiety anymore. And you're going to be perfect. And you're going to, you know, whatever, like, I'm not saying that, but this is a piece of the puzzle. I want to be part of, there's a movement of people trying to get the word out that hormone replacement therapy is the opposite of dangerous. It actually increases your well-being. But I want to put the caveat in is I highly recommend, if you can afford it, bioidentical hormone replacement therapy, not synthetic hormones, um, especially with the progesterone, like progestin isn't even the same molecule as progesterone. Mm-hmm. So like it's pro- real progesterone, real estrogen, and you can do a patch. There's vulva vaginal creams or things you apply on your vulva. You can take it orally, but depending on your digestive health and your thyroid health and stuff that can matter. But the point is like, I really want to make sure that people have their hormones balanced. Then there's like thyroid. If your thyroid's messed up and I hate to say this folks, but like gluten can damages your intestinal lining and can really trigger something called molecular mimicry where your body makes auto antibodies. These are antibodies against yourself against your thyroid, against your brain, against your heart, not just gut symptoms, but it can really damage your thyroid and you can end up hypothyroid or hyperthyroid with like Graves, Graves is hyperthyroid autoimmunity and Hashimoto's is hypo or low thyroid autoimmunity. And both of these can trick because people think of high thyroid, like that definitely drives up, ramps you up and causes anxiety. But a lot of people don't realize this Hashimoto's patients have terrible anxiety because of the antibodies against their brain being triggered by the autoimmunity. And that can, you know, especially cow dairy, even more so than sheep and goat dairy because of the A1 proteins in in American cow milk, A2 Mm -hmm. proteins can be a little less immunologically incendiary. So like we have to take care of all of us, our thyroids, you know, like our reproductive organs, our brains, and so much of what we're doing causes something called neuroinflammation, 
which is inflammation of the brain and nervous system. So there are food triggers, there are environmental toxic triggers, there's toxic mold, there's heavy metals that are in fish and mercury fillings. I tell everybody, if you have mercury fillings, you have to get them out. Make sure they use a dental dam and a vacuum so it doesn't re-enter your body. And then make sure you get competent help from someone who knows how to safely help you get those metals out of your tissues. Also, a lot of us have like parasites and we think of parasites as like you go to Mexico and you get sick and you, that's parasites or whatever, go to the jungle. They're all over the place. They're in pork, they're in seafood. They're in, you know, a lot of like farmed seafood, like is full of parasites. It's, you can't make it through human life without parasites most likely. So like your gut health is super important. The diversity of your microbiome, like really having, you want your microbiome to be kind of like the Amazon jungle, like really diverse and rich. You don't want it to be like the desert, which is what's happening to humans is we're, we're becoming, we have desertification of our microbiome and it's making us, our immune systems are, have become very fragile a lot of people are like, why does it used to could eat anything? And then now everybody's allergic to everything and everyone's so sick and everyone's so I'm like, yeah, we're becoming fragile because these microbes are like our protectors. Like they do their functional organ. They do so many important things for us. They manage our hormones. They help with like methylation, which is a fancy word for, you know, something that happens with your folic acid and it's complicated, but it's like a really important thing for proper detoxification to keep inflammation down. There's so many cellular processes and our precious, our cellular symphony is getting whacked Mm -hmm. by all these chemicals and unnecessary antibiotics and, you know, lack of nutrients and lack of sleep. And, you know, sleep is one of the most important things to regenerate your cells and to repair your brain. And a lot of people like, especially around perimenopause and menopause, it's like when you have those hormone imbalances and then the accumulations, your bucket is spilling over. And then now your body's trying to go through this change. Like, it's just like, that's when you just fall apart. It's just menopause becomes a thing that just pushes you over the edge, but you were going over the edge to begin with. Yeah. You, you've given so many great examples of things that we can do in order to make sure that the anxiety doesn't grow and to actually even um, stop the anxiety from happening. Reverse it. Yeah, right. Reverse it. What would you tell everyone who's listening that feels like they have like tried every single thing and nothing's worked? You just need help with your combination lock. Like you're just, you may have done some of the right numbers, but maybe that you didn't get all the numbers and maybe they weren't in the right order. That's all. And also you've never tried everything because we're in an infinite universe with infinite possibility. So tried everything. It doesn't even exist. There's no such thing as trying everything because we're constantly innovating. Right. So first thing, you've never tried everything. What you're really thinking is I've tried everything I know about or that the experts I've consulted with know about. Mm -hmm. But not all experts know everything. I don't know everything. I'm pretty good at my job, but everything, no one does, you know, because we're in a universe. It's impossible. So anyway, I know the term self-care has become almost numb to it because everyone's saying it, but like, it's like people are struggling to do it. Right. Yeah. And so that's why it's important to have like having like a health coach, like Stephanie or like myself who can really help guide you through what's happening and get help with there are three layers to this. I'd said earlier, there's like, there's layers, but there's three layers to your combination lock. One is going to be, I mentioned the lifestyle piece and mm-hmm. lifestyle isn't just diet and exercise. I don't even like the word diet. It's like how we nourish ourselves, how we enjoy nourishing ourselves with things that serve us through discernment, not dietary restriction. I don't like dietary restriction. That sounds like, bleh. you know, <laughs> I thought, I like, I'm being smart about how I eat. I'm being intentional. I'm being targeted. I'm being discerning. I'm being loving. I'm being brilliant. I'm being like, I'm going to rock the pleasures that serve me and ditch the ones that hurt me. Yes. That's 
what I call healthy hedonism. You're using things that feel good, that give you pleasure to heal and optimize your life, right? So lifestyle, yes, it's how you eat. It, it is moving your body, but not, I'm going to burn calories because I'm fat and I hate my body. No, I'm going to move my body because it likes to move. Like it's <laughs> evolved to move, like dance, move, hike, go outside, ride a bike, like do something like do things and lift weights because it feels good and it gives you like endorphins, you know, not because you're rejecting your body, right? But beyond diet and exercise, there's like sleep, there's your circadian rhythms. Are you up late at night? And then like, are you getting sunshine? Like, are you going outside? Are you, you know, like what's your relationship with light? Yeah. You know, it's a big one. That's huge for, for people who have weight loss resistance, like not only balancing your diet, but like getting your, your sleep wake cycles straightened out, getting your healing your relationship with the sun and light. And, you know, and then, so you sleep better and then you get more sleep and then you feel better. And then da, 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 da. It's like an upward spiral. And so this downward spiral, our culture is teaching us to live in. Yeah. So anyway, so there's all that. And then your relationships, are you in toxic relationships? Like, are, how do you know how to communicate to get your needs met? Or are you passive aggressive? You know, do you pick fights or do people around you pick fights? Like you can learn skills. There's, there's nonviolent communication or compassionate communication, Marshall Rosenberg's work. That's an amazing tool for learning how to just communicate so many people, especially women, but just pe- no men, men struggle with this too. Right. Like don't know how to get, express their feelings and needs and get their needs met and end up in all this frustration. So lifestyle is so big. It's your yeah. daily thoughts and actions and your environment, your social environment, but also your physical environment. Is there mold in your house? You know, like, are you using toxic chemicals on your body or to clean? Like, I mean, we've got to like detox and go from like a toxic culture to a culture of nurture, a culture that works in alignment with our evolutionary biology. And you don't have to go live in a loincloth in a forest. That sounds kind of cool though. You know, like you can get sun in the modern world. You can eat real food in the modern world. You can get sleep in the modern world. You can like, you can do these things that are we evolved to need in the modern world Mm -hmm. and have meaningful relationships and connection and tribe in the modern world. That's one pillar, right? And that seems like that's already a lot, right? right? But when I put people on that, like we do that, we focus on that. But on the side, you know, we run labs. And we find out what's going on in your gut, like what's going on with your microbiome, like what's going on with your hormones, what's going on with like, including blood sugar, insulin is a hormone, right? Mm-hmm. Leptin is a hormone. So we figure out, we do health detective work. We figure out like, are there hidden causes going on here? What's your toxic burden? What's, what's lurking in your body that you don't know about that's mm-hmm. driving anxiety. You would be shocked at how much just parasites like B hominis or just an infection like SIBO or bacterial imbalances will drive anxiety. Mm -hmm. and depression and all kinds of things and brain fog and fatigue. Because remember, anxiety, depression, brain fog, fatigue, mood issues, grumpiness, all these things. This is how your brain says, ouch, right? Just like when you put your hand on a hot stove, it's like, ouch, this is how your brain is saying, ouch. If you feel like this, your brain is saying, ouch. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so then there's the second pillar. So we got the lifestyle, but like the really amplified full spectrum version of lifestyle. And then we have the hidden health causes, the functional health detective work. And then we have, thank God for neuroplasticity because you can rewire your brain and nervous system. So we have master your stress response by rewiring your nervous system. So you train your brain and you train everything so that you become more resilient and you know, you're able to respond instead of react where you're not seeing the world. You're not just like on hyper alert all the time where you feel safe in the world. There's so there are layers to this too. It's a journey. It you is. can do it though. And the thing is, here's what's cool about this journey is it feels good. 
it, yeah. it feels like coming home to yourself. It feels like you didn't even realize you weren't home until you come home to your body. You, you make friends with your body. You feel at peace in your own skin. You feel like life is full of limitless possibilities because you're in alignment now. Yeah. You're in alignment with your evolutionary biology, your cells, your soul. I call it healing from cell to soul. Mm, when you like that. Yeah, I love it too. It just came to me. But anyway, and so like, yeah. And then it's like, you get there. You don't give a crap about sugar. You don't give a crap about like, depending, I'm not saying you can never have caffeine again, but you just don't need it anymore. Like, you know, and and you realize what it was doing to you. It wasn't your friend. I'm going to say this. This is shocking. You don't need alcohol. You'll be like, you didn't care about alcohol because you're to have such a natural high that when you drink alcohol, it may like kind of be fun for a few minutes, but you kind of go down. Like Mm -hmm. you're like, "Ah, oh yeah, it is a depressant. But when you're like all balled up and you have a few minutes of fun with alcohol, you don't notice that the next day you don't sleep as well that night. You don't notice that you're more tired the next day and grumpy because it just seems like it's like disconnected, but it is connected. Yeah. So I'm not saying you can never have alcohol. I'm not like here to be your mommy or the police or whatever. I like to nurture, but I'm not here to boss you around or tell you what you can and can't do. I'm here to educate you and empower you. So you know, what's possible. So, you know, the lens through which you're seeing the world has been shaped by a very narrow-minded culture that is so focused on getting people to be consumers and feel inept and not good enough so that they keep consuming and never feel satisfied and always trying and striving and striving. And it's never good enough. And you know, I love having business. I love being an entrepreneur. I think money's fabulous. I love money. Mm, money. I love you. I think you're great, but money's like a knife. You can use it to cut up vegetables and nourish yourself, or you can use it to stab someone in the heart. Right. You know, so money's not bad. Money's a great thing. I'm not against businesses being lucrative. But businesses like big pharma, big ag, all these big corporate, you know, structures like this system we have, this culture we have that's so driven by corporate interests that will throw human beings and our planet under the bus just to make a little extra money when you're already making plenty of money. Don't worry. And, and you know, the food industry, there are all these whistleblowers coming out of like Coca-Cola and other. I've actually had ad execs. Like I had one of my clients was the person who came up with the Kit Kat slogan because you deserve a break. Or I forgot what it was. I actually forget. It was like, (laughs) you deserve a break today or something like that. You know, she feels bad about it. She feels guilty. She ended up with like health issues. She's like, oh my God, I helped sell this crap to people. You know, (laughs) So people are coming out of that industry, these like marketing people and saying, you know, the food industry, like Coca-Cola will pay money. They will invest all this huge amounts of money into studies to try to confuse nutrition and say, oh, corn syrup's fine for you or sugar's fine for you. Or, you know, and they do all this manipulative science to like confuse people about like what's true. It's gaslighting. It's manipulative. And so I always have a kid story. So when you said that it was my son's, I think it was his second year in college and he wanted to change his major. I'm like, oh, here we go. But he was an advertising major. And he's like, mom, I just cannot lie to people every single day for the rest of my life. So I'm like, change your major, do what you need. But that spoke to me when you said that, that she now is thinking about that because that's part of their role is to engage people. And a lot of times that information is not what's always healthy for us. So we do need to be very aware about what we're doing in our body. Yes, very discerning. This has been so amazing. I have two more questions for you. Sure, go for it. First one is, what are you reading or listening to right now? Oh, let's see. I'm like in different places with different things. (laughs) I know. I'm like, most people that I ask that question are like, well, upstairs there's one book and then the- (laughs) I know, I know. (laughs) my Audible, I have this other thing going on. I'm actually listening to this thing my friend just referred me to called the five personality patterns. And it's about um, development 
developmental psychology and how we develop these different adaptations uh -huh. um, to like, you know, unmet need in our early development and how it turns into not who we are all the time, but who we are when we feel unsafe. And so it's really helped me have like even more compassion for how people behave, like people I felt hurt by and, and understand myself better in some of my adaptations too, because we're all just trying to adapt. Is that uh, on like on Audible? Yeah, it's on Audible. Okay. Yeah. I hadn't ever like finished Marie for for Leo's like everything is figure outable. Like I met her at a conference and, you know, she's like such a sweetheart and I really enjoyed meeting her and that, you know, everything is figure outable. I love that title. And I used it with my mom when we had to move her out of her family home of 40 years. She was so terrified and overwhelmed. I was like, mom, everything is figure outable. And so when I met Marie, like I told her that story and like, we both like teared up and kind of cried a little bit because Aww. like, she was like very touched that, you know, her, her book had somehow helped my, her, and, and that came from her mom. So like everything is figure outable came from her mom and then she made it her book title and then it helped my mom. So we thought that was really sweet. God, I feel like I have so many things I'm in the middle of reading. Yeah. And you know, it's kind of sad. I spend so much of my reading is on PubMed reading research. That's a good place to be. That's where I find this stuff. So oh my God. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, so much of my reading is science um, and research. So like, yeah, I'm probably going to sound kind of boring being like, uh, like, I swear I read, but it's just kind of, you know, but I haven't been reading like much fiction or anything in a while. So maybe I need to get back to that. Dr. Tracy, how can folks find you? Yeah, you can find me on my website, innergeniushealth.com. So inner, like the genius within you. So innergeniushealth.com. Um, if you know how to spell my name in the notes, then you can find me because I'm the only person in all of Google with my name, like in the Google verse. So like, like I have a weird name, it's easy to find me. Yeah. It's good for business, bad for privacy. Anyway, very stockable, <laughs> but yeah, go to my website, energyneushealth.com. And there's a, a resource there for you that it's a meditation. I call it a brain trick meditation. It's science-based. It's like magic. It's something you can learn to do with your focus. Even if you think you quote suck at meditation, anyone can do this. It's 15 minutes. Take your anxiety way down. It helps with physical pain. It helps with sleep. Like I've had clients who have insomnia and they learn to do this. They do it while they're lying in bed. They wake up in the middle of the night, puts them back to sleep. I, I call it like better than melatonin, better than Ambien. It's using your own internal, you're using your inner genius to sleep, to calm your anxiety. It also makes you feel blissful. And it's like, I call it a healthy way to get high. Like, it sounds like it couldn't possibly be true that this thing, and it's so simple. Like it's, it's unbelievable that something this simple works this well. So that's part of my offering on my website, on my homepage. Also I'm on Instagram, Dr. Tracy Potter, PhD. And um, yeah, I have a YouTube channel and stuff like that. So, but if you're on my email list, then you'll know all the things that are happening and there's lots of free information, that kind of thing. Yes. And I want people to know, like you can heal your anxiety. It's figure outable. Like it's, you really can, there are solutions. And I probably made it sound like so overwhelming, but it's just one thing at a time. You just take it. There's like, you can go to someone like me that has like a system and a process in place and can guide you through it in a period of three months. Like you just go from like super anxious to like a whole different reality. And it's not just anxiety that gets better. It's like, you know, my, one of my last sessions, she's like, oh, my hot flashes went away. Oh my, like, you know, like, you know, like, oh, I'm pooping better. My tummy's flatter. My, like, I'm in better moods. I'm, I don't want to kill my husband anymore. Like, you know, that kind of thing. So like, it's, it's not just anxiety is just the symptom yeah. really like working with all of you that matters. Yeah, I love it. I love it. Thank you so much, Dr. Tracy. Thank you. Thank you Stephanie. You're welcome. Everyone, thank you so much for listening to Hello Hot Flash, where we help you control the midlife change. Make sure to check out the show notes where we will include links to all of the subjects we discussed today. And if you want to discover how to manage your hormones so you can sleep better, have more energy and manage your weight, 
take the quiz on hellohotflash.com. It only takes 90 seconds. Everyone, here's to your health.